This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. DIA is in the news again, and this time it's about a legal battle over two local cheeseburger empires. We dig into what alleged bribery, a retired FBI agent, and a car chase have to do with a massive restaurant contract known as The Four Pack. Plus, our picks for your upcoming almost Halloween weekend. Today is Thursday, October 19th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Newsletter editor Peyton Garcia, hello. Hey, Bree. And producer Paul Caroli, hi. Hey, good morning, Bree. It's Thursday. We're talking about food news, hot goss in the food world. Um, this time we're talking about eating at the airport, one of our favorite places to talk about. Um, Business Den had a story this week that opened up this like kind of whole can of worms of this ongoing lawsuit. And it all revolves around the airport and how DIA chooses which restaurants go into it. Paul, can you explain what's going on? I'd be happy to, Bree. And just to preface, I'm calling this, and I'm quite proud of this, the juicy DIA burger scandal. <laughs> which, I mean... Oh, this is such a Paul story. <laughs> oh, I love it. Of course I love it. Of course I love it. Anyway, here are the facts. Uh, so eight years ago, DIA said, hey, we've got these four spots opening up in the airport. Two restaurant spaces, one brew pub, and a coffee shop. And they were like, who's going to run these spots? Which restaurants are we going to put in here? Um, and this was such a big deal at the time and such a potentially lucrative contract that they named it. They called it the four-pack. So wild. So wild. I know. <laughs> um, so two bidders emerged. There was a local group representing Cherry Cricket, which... Great Burgers, mm -hmm. iconic institution, and the Wincoop Brewing. That's all one company. And then there's this other company from Michigan that represents Smash Burger, which was also founded here. And I, that is important. I just want to just put it out there. I did not know Smash Burger was founded here. Pay, did you know that? Yeah, actually, because they're tied to, is it um, Illegal Pete's? Is that who they're tied to, Paul? No. no, gosh, who is it? Know. They're tied to another Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. No, they're tied to like a sandwich shop. Snarfs, the Snarfs, Subway people. It was the Subway people. Anyways, <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, I did I know no because they're tied. Somebody's to like... got mom brain over here. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> they're tied to some sandwich shop. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyone who's eaten a, a Smash Burger at DIA in the last eight years will tell you who won that contract. 
But the Cherry Cricket people at the time were, I guess, a little bit upset about how the bidding went because that's how it would work. Like each group would make a bid and they'd say, we can do it for this much money or we'll give you these terms. And then the airport chose uh, the Smashburger people. Um, so those lawsuits happened. Uh, they, they were dormant for a while. But earlier this year, this whole thing came back up, according to Business Den, when two people who were affiliated with the Michigan company and Smashburger pleaded guilty to a charge of, I'm not making this up, bribing a Florida airport executive over a contract very much like this one. Oh, they so they have allegedly been playing dirty. This seems allegedly. So they, they have the, the, so they denied any they they've said that these like allegations are totally unsubstantiated. It, to me, it's just like completely spelled out. Like it's obvious what happened, in my opinion. And then they were like, just ignore that four pack deal problem bribe issue in Florida. You didn't you didn't see that. OK, Peyton, what do you think happened? What, what was your what's your theory here? So I read like <laughs> four business then articles on this. I went all the way back to 2016. <laughs> so DIA Brewing, the, the plaintiffs in this lawsuit, they were saying that it was obvious that the Michigan group was not they were not qualified. They didn't meet the requirements for this bid, whereas they did. And so they were saying like a you had to have a certain amount of experience and then a certain amount of revenue. Hmm. And one of their pitches, which was Tom's Urban Kitchen and Brewery, that wasn't even like a real restaurant yet. That was just a concept. It was something that they were they were still working on. Interesting. And so it's like they didn't they didn't have experience or revenue to show. They didn't meet any of the requirements. So they shouldn't have got ah. the bid. Well, you you're sounding a lot like the uh, attorney for DIA Brewing, which is the Cherry Cricket Wincoop side, who said this case is about a conspiracy. In 2015, the airport gave out the largest concession contract ever. The evidence will show that a highly placed airport official, Bavesh Patel, steered that contract to the defendants who were his close friends, who he had worked with before, and who he became a consultant for later. Yeah. And the judges, so there's like a so there's like a voting situation that happens in this like in this like bid, whatever. And four of the seven judges, like straight up, were like, dude. This is clearly rigged. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yes. Also, to go back to the requirements was like to show revenue and like it, it, it's a brand. Acknowledge it's a brand. It's something people know. And I think that was Lee Driscoll from the the cricket, cherry cricket side of its argument, right? Was like, we're everybody knows the cherry cricket. How could they possibly not consider us? And this is maybe. I don't know. Now I'm thinking differently now that w with what you just shared, Peyton. There was also, I don't know if you guys saw this part. You had to kind of dig back, but there was a retired FBI agent who got involved. Did you guys read about this guy? Um, no. Tell, tell us about him. So he was um, he was uh, consulting with DIA Brewing. So after they filed the lawsuit, he's a former FBI agent and he was passing along information to not retired <laughs> FBI people who were looking into this. And they had a whole article about him talking with this whistleblower that came forward. And this whistleblower came forward and was like, yeah, I know for a fact that um, Bavash Patel was like, he rigged it and blah, 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 blah. And this FBI agent um, was like, okay, well, well, let me, you know, will you say sort of that in court? And this guy said yes. But then he started dodging the FBI agent and it led to like a high speed car chase on I-70. And then <laughs> the FBI agent was talking to other DIA informants and they were saying that they were afraid for their lives. 
that the, oh the people at God. FTE, the Michigan company, that they were going to get in trouble or or attacked or whatever for for coming forward about this contract and and the bid rigging. Wow, that's incredible! Super wild. Oh my god! If that feels like crazy to anyone listening right now, <laughs> let me just remind you what how lucrative these restaurants at the airport are. Yeah. The most revenue in the state. This the restaurant that makes the most money in the whole state is a restaurant you probably have never even heard of. It's called yeah. Timberline. I think it's a steak place. It's in Concourse C. I pass it a lot. These restaurants make I've so never much been money. In there, but. And I've seen that restaurant and I literally don't know anyone that works there or anyone that eats there. And it is the most profitable restaurant in the state. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. uh, So apparently these four restaurants, the Smashburger, the Tom's, the the coffee place that this, the company that uh, won the bid ended up opening, they made $18 million in sales last year. So all that like secret agent car chase stuff is like, okay, that's pretty high stakes actually. Yeah. It's also nuts. Smashburger. Smashburger is now owned by that global fast food chain Jollibee. Oh, really? The Filipino chain? That's cool. Uh huh. But this that purchase came about in 2018, so that was after this whole thing started. Yeah, Smashburger is really blown up. Well, Smashburger was still independent at that time, but as of 2018, they're owned by this massive global fast food company. Apparently, they have 240 locations in the United States right now. I didn't realize how big Smashburger was, but that's like. That's a Denver success story that's been unnoticed. Yeah, for sure. They're they're all over the world too. I honestly had no idea there were two Smash Burgers at DIA. Oh yeah, I couldn't. I can't picture them. I, I, I never go to places. I don't. What is the premise of Smash Burger other than I'm assuming they smash the burger? Yeah, they I think do. You smash. might have gotten it in one there. Yeah, they. <laughs> that's uh, it. Oh. That's Our the producer big... Olivia says good fries. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay. Well. So I guess I guess we know how we feel about Smashburger. How do you guys feel about Cherry Cricket? Like uh, to me, Cherry Cricket seems like a brand that would be at the airport, but I don't know if that necessarily weighs into this at all. Because I think for a lot of people, Smashburger is probably their spot too. Cherry Cricket's better. Cherry Cricket should should be there. Hundred <laughs> percent. They would be. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah, they should. Cherry be there. Cricket is so representative of Denver in a way that like. I, I don't know. Smashburger just feels like some someone else's thing now with this Filipino restaurant chain taking over. And whereas Cherry Cricket feels like so, so intertwined with like the neighborhoods where those individual locations are. The new one in Littleton, the classic Cherry Creek one, like I, I will go back there over and over. And yeah, maybe it's a little more expensive than it used to be, but they always deliver. I love their food. I love it. I just wanted to have you guys say it so I didn't sound like the same old Brie that's like, of course, Cherry Cricket, the best. It is intertwined in Denver's everything. It is Denver. But you just said it for me. Thanks, Paul. I'm with you. Guys, My pleasure. it was Quiznos. Rick <laughs> Shaden of Quiznos, of Quiznos's demise is the founder of Smashburger. No, no way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. The founder of Quiznos went on to, I guess, turn this, make this huge company and sell it off to this Jollibee. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. The, okay. So the technique of the smash burger originated in the Great Lakes region, which maybe is part of its Midwestern lore. But okay. I can see, but this is rooting it with the Quiznos because Quiznos is like that first fast casual chain kind of thing that started that story for Denver too. Interesting. Just got to dig a little deeper. Okay, so at any rate, do we wait? So what ha- what happened? We had we it went to trial. Well, the the trial began in Denver District Court earlier this week, and uh, in a surprising turn of events, I'm going to quote from Business Den here: 
Jurors were sent home five minutes after they arrived Tuesday morning, while lawyers for both sides discussed and then reached a confidential settlement, bringing the case to a close. The world will never know. Can I just say I would be so bummed if I was if I was those jurors? Yeah. <laughs> I was, this would have been a, such a fun one. And it's like, basically, you're just like, okay, do you like Smash Burger better or Sherry Cricket better? I would have so much. <laughs> to say i would love to be a juror on this <laughs> that is the question at the core of this like is it credible that they would choose smash burger over cherry cricket i don't know i have to say i would i would definitely like a cherry cricket in dia that would be a nice touch oh they would make buco bucks well and like for those of us that are familiar with it you know not just for travelers it's like it's got the vibe it would probably have an aquarium it'd have some hockey stuff yes. it would be like oh. they'd have their they'd have their green booths in the wood and the wood and it would just be like oh i'm home you know like got off an airplane i'm or i'm waiting you know and i can sit down and have a i, I like a little cricket burger with american cheese and mushrooms Ooh, so good so good give me a chocolate milkshake while i'm waiting for my oh. flight or that crazy burger paul that we did you oh i don't think you could try it it was like poblano Fried poblano pepper, macaroni and cheese, raspberry. Oh, it was insane. It was just so funny. This is this was such a long, like just like salacious case, and for such a bummer, like, like such a a deflated ending. Just a, yeah, it was just like okay, like you know the former FBI agent who was part of the high speed car chase. He was scheduled to take the stand as a witness, <gasps> and now we don't even get to hear from him. We were denied the trial of the year. I know. This could have been something. Uh, well, but before we move on, do you guys, how do you guys feel about the local food at DIA? Does it matter to you when you go, you know, when, when you're at the airport, where do you eat? Mm. I, uh, I'll typically buy a bag of almonds at uh, Hudson <laughs> News. That's my go-to, maybe a newspaper. Oh, I do. I like to read a physical newspaper. <laughs> At the airport. So you're the, you're the guy with the newspaper and the bag of almonds? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peyton, someone with better taste, where do you eat at the airport? <laughs> you know, I, I like to dine at airports um, when I'm traveling. I like to go early enough to have a meal. Not at DIA, though, because, like, I, I'm i always, I mean, why wouldn't I just be at home? doing that you yeah know? you're so not like, on vac- you're not on vacation yet when you're at right. our airport so unfortunately i don't ever dine at the airport i go on really really early morning flights and i grab something from mcdonald's or the bagel shop and that's that which is too bad because i feel like they they probably i think they do have good restaurants in there and they have some good ones that are slated to open there uh but i'm never going to find myself in a situation where i'm dining at dia it's interesting <laughs> i think yeah, it's actually a lot of people's experience and like those restaurants maybe they're really more for people who are having a layover like yeah. to just get a little taste of of what denver's yeah. about so in that way i guess maybe smash burger is a better call cuz that's like a more familiar brand that no, was no take still backs, found Paul. it here. You already cast your vote <laughs> okay. for Cherry <Trudy> right. Cricket. <laughs> and that is where my heart is. Bree, how about okay. you? How about you? Where do you eat at the airport? I think I said this on our DIA, sh- DIA show many moons ago. I- I'm a tamales by La Casita person. So it's there or a McDonald's. And we don't need to get into my personal beef with McDonald's that I've been having. A st- yeah, you're, you are beefing with... Uh, I have been a- in a standoff with my local McDonald's <laughs> for too, too many... Too many weeks now. Um, Well, we'd love to hear. (laughs) 
maybe maybe you're a person from Denver who loves to eat at DIA. Um, so give us a call at 720-500-5418. Let us know where you like to eat at DIA. Uh, again, the News You Can Chew hotline is open at 720-500-5418. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. And we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there's so many cool things happening in Denver this coming weekend, but there's only one where you might see us. Uh, Pay, you round these up for us in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every single week. You've got a couple picks. You're going to throw them out here and let Paul and I decide uh, what's going on in Denver this weekend. Yeah, well, um, because we're so close to Halloween... There is nothing that is not Halloween themed going on. So <laughs> <Go> figure. <laughs> this week we are doing all Halloween events, um, but they're all four different styles. So we'll kind of okay. get to decide which type of Halloween vibe you're going for. All right. Okay. Um, so the first one is carving and cocktails. And this is happening at the terminal bar in Union Station, which, you know, Ooh. that's just gorgeous place to hang anyway $65 but that ticket gets you, get you a pumpkin for that <laughs> yeah for $65 you get to use the restroom at the union, at the union station you get to use the secret gold-plated toilet <laughs> it gets you a pumpkin all the carving tools two beverages of your choice and access to a nacho bar and it is outdoor it's on the patio so hope for good weather or pack a sweater I know I was going to say I was at a birthday party outside last weekend and it was a chilly. So yeah, it's like your season for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun though. Nacho bar. I'm into that. Honestly, the nacho bar drew me in. It makes it feel like the $65 is worth it. Um, I also like a pumpkin carving party. I like, I like to set the, set the mood when I'm carving pumpkins. Okay. What else we got? What else? Okay. Um, also on Saturday is the sixth annual Broadway Halloween Parade, which they tout oh, themselves yeah. as the only Halloween parade in Denver. Hmm. It takes place oh, yeah. along Broadway from Fifth to Alameda. And I was looking at some of the photos from previous years on Facebook. And if you I, I think you want to go to this if you're someone who's really into like insanely cool over the top costumes. Um, like there was this guy dressed up as Aladdin and he was riding a magic carpet, which was actually just like one of those, um, single scooter things that the kids ride. You know what I mean? Single wheel hoverboard things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. I don't know what yeah. that's called. I Anyways, one once. It was fun. It looks cool. Um, and there's like the cars get all decked out and there's marching bands and performers. So I'm already going to be there because Greg is playing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I wanted the bars cool. along the strip. It's a new bar, and I don't know the name of it. I wish I did, but I will definitely be in the area. Cool. All right. Yeah. So go Bree spotting this weekend. <laughs> please don't. Please don't come up to me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you see Bree, please do not approach her. <laughs> she bites. Um, okay. Next one. Also on Saturday, spirits and spirits taking place. You guys are really getting tickled by that. <laughs> that was a good joke, Pay. Sorry, that was a good joke. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, okay, this is taking spirits place and spirits? At the, yeah, it's at the Four Mile Historic Park, which I just think is a cool place to be. Um, but this one is kind of for like, I don't know, as Bree would say, the the spooky witches out there. Um, it's, it's not your typical like trunk or treat type situation. 
It is um, a celebration to explore Victorian spiritualism. <gasps> um, there's, yeah, there's going to be a metaphysical market. There's going to be uh, a mourning ceremony. There's going to be aura M-O-U-R? photography. Yeah, mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, which is something I've been seeing more and more this year that I've, I've never really seen years previously. Um, but I keep seeing things about like, uh, experience what a Victorian morning ceremony was like. Oh my gosh. I wonder what that means. I know. What that would be like. Spiritualism was this like sort of like religious social movement um, at the turn of the last century. And it was a lot about the afterlife and contacting our relatives that had passed on because, you know, a modern medicine is not that old and a lot of, you know, previous generations lost a lot of family members. So this was a way for them to mm-hmm. contact them. But it it sort of got into public or into popular culture. I feel like the person that wrote Sherlock Holmes was really into it. I Sir Arthur know. Conan Doyle. Yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. but That would make sense. That kind of stuff that comes up in those books. Actually, I think that's right. I listened to a criminal episode once where, anyways, I, yeah, he was like real into seances, I think. Yeah, seances are definitely part of this. They would do these like performances sometimes to like conjure the dead and blah, blah, blah. But um, it, there's this great podcast called American Hysteria and they do a whole deep, maybe it's, I think it's them. They do a deep dive into spiritualism. But this sounds fun and i like this kind of creepy you're honestly really selling me the victorian era creepy is good i know this sounds really cool to me and then you get to like be at the park at at night and it just sounds real spooky i love it i'm interested that's a great option with that high bar set um my last event is trick-or-treat trail at the Denver Zoo, because you guys know I love the Denver Zoo. And um, you get to go at night, which is always uh, like, I don't know, an interesting experience to do something that you normally do during the day at nighttime. And um, there's going to be, this is family friendly. There's going to be trick-or-treat candy stations, special snacks and bevies, pumpkin carving and a silent disco. And it's only $20. That's a nice family friendly option too, I would just say. I always, that's always... Night. The zoo is like a never fail for that. That's what I love about it is you can bring whoever with you. So that sounds cute. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't think that one's for me. I think I, the Victorian morning experience <laughs> thing at Four Mile, that sounds like a stand. Yeah, it seems pretty obvious that, that, that that's what we're all really into. Oh, I totally am into it. For me, 100%. Okay, so that's our pick. Our si- official CityCast ever maybe for your weekend is spirits and spiritualism spirits and spirits because i guess i didn't mention that there's also going to be spirits that you can drink there i wondered (laughs) spirits and spirits at the four mile historic park um if you want more great ideas for things happening over the weekend and all week long you can sign up for our newsletter hey denver at denver.citycast.fm well peyton and paul thank you so much yeah thanks thanks brie That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Lee Driscoll about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. I would say our timing is on point today. It is really off. The timing of everything. It's very, very, very off. like we're all over the place today. We are all over the place today. I don't know what's going on.